Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Tonight, we're going to be talking about walking in the Spirit. It's the second part of my series, my two-part series. The uh, first part was uh, talking about following Jesus, this is walking in the Spirit, and then after this I'll go, I think, Exodus is next for me. But when I spoke last, it was about following Jesus. And not doing it like a Pharisee, although this guy, he doesn't really look like one of those mean Pharisees, and he actually looks like he's reading the Torah, so maybe he's like a Joseph of Arimathea, who really wanted to follow Jesus after he learned who Jesus was. We don't want to follow Jesus like this person here, and that's a picture of a Pharisee, not a happy guy, he's got a scroll rolled up, he's not reading it, and it looks like he could be beating somebody over the head with it. Because for him, religiosity was following a bunch of rules and then making sure other people followed a bunch of rules, you know. During that time, they could have so many rules that they could divert themselves from the important things. Uh, for example, um, it was in the law, adult children were supposed to take care of their elderly parents, but um, um, Pharisees had... Uh, some rules that would take their assets and make them devoted to God. They, would, they had a word for it, korban, which sounds like it's great, devoted to God, right? But it meant that the uh, money did not have to be used for the elderly parents, yet it was still available for the Pharisee. So, uh, and, and one concern I had about following Jesus is I'm reading the words of Jesus, wanting to follow them, that I didn't make myself a bunch of rules. And so we talked a little bit about that. And we talked about the vine and the branches, how we are branches, and Jesus is the vine. And the branches aren't connected, then disconnected, then connected, then disconnected, then connected, then disconnected. It doesn't work like that. It works when the branches are always connected to the vine, and that's day by day. And sheep. I'm a sheep. Okay, um, so um, I'm confident that Jesus knows uh, my voice when he hears it, and, and, and I understand his. I mean, it speaks to me through scripture. It's not like, Bill, this is Jesus. Nothing like that. Walking in the Spirit, though, I, I actually, like last time, I... I I looked on the internet and I said, walking in the spirit, what kind of images do we get? Well, we get the dove. Because when Jesus was baptized, um, the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. And so now, dove is associated with the Holy Spirit, which is not a bad thing, it's a good thing, but it, it's a very popular thing. And then, um, walking in the spirit, I also saw this, um, footprints in the sand. So. I guess when footprints in the sand are not associated with the story about um, the famous story that about uh, God carrying us, um, carrying me when 
we were walking in the sand and I would say, Lord, it looks like there's only one set of footprints back there. Um, why weren't you with me? And he says, my child, I was carrying you. And, and that's sort of the nutshell version of that story. But it could also be, when I looked up Walking in the Spirit, there it was. There are lots of books about the Holy Spirit, lots of books. So the idea of me reading books about the Holy Spirit to get ready to speak about something that I felt would be simple and practical was not going to be a good idea because, well, we could experience the Holy Spirit. We, the Holy Spirit could be my best friend. And then this one, Forgotten God, that actually looks a little interesting. I actually have that book. I'm going to read it. I've heard a couple good things about it. I don't know if it's good or not. I'm going to read it. But it's, it's um, a book that I have. And then this book here, I'm not going to have. It's written by a guy named Benny Hinn, who's a word faith healer guy. And I'm not going to read it. Welcome, Holy Spirit, from the author of Good Morning, Holy Spirit. So this is his second book about the Holy Spirit. But it's two books I'm not going to get, and I don't think you should either. But, but, I'm putting onto the screen now for people who are listening to this, uh, a Google search of images of books about the Holy Spirit. And this is part of one page. There are multiple pages of books about the Holy Spirit. So there's a lot of information about there about the Holy Spirit out there. I'd like to keep it simple, though. So I'm going to try to keep it simple tonight because, for me, this is something where I felt like following Jesus was something I needed to do more of this year. And walking in the Holy Spirit is something I needed to do more this year. And I was going through scriptures that would help me do these things. And I felt, since I've been a Christian for a long time, that, that maybe some of these things might help other people in my church, which is why I'm talking about them. Now, the Holy Spirit. How do you know? How do you know if it's the Holy Spirit? How do you know it's that not enough sleep or too much caffeine or excitement? And I'm joking, but I'm also very serious because I've known people, you know, peers, young in my early 20s in college. One guy, he would go to church, and that was when he got excited. And that he did. He'd, he'd dance, and he'd sing, and he'd get himself up into a lather, and and I thought about that, and I'm like, wow, that's a lot. And do we really need to do that, and is it really the Holy Spirit? And that's what I'm thinking. I'm not saying it to him, because I don't think he would have heard it from me. And it wouldn't have been right, but I felt uncomfortable about that. Is, is that what we need to do to be charged up? Is that how the Holy Spirit really works? Um, and so I don't think so. But how do we really know? So I want to touch on some some of that as we go along. Okay. Um, Exodus 31. I want to start with some scriptures. And thank you, Pastor Paul. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding in knowledge and all manner of workmanship to design artistic works, work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels for setting and carving wood and in all manner of workmanship. And I thought this was interesting because it tells us the Holy Spirit sometimes help, helps us to do things that I don't always associate him with. In this case, it was a, a craftsman who would be designing things for the, um, uh, not the temple, oh, it, tabernacle, Yes, 
And for me, I apply this when I'm, occasionally I get a chance to lead worship here. And, and for me, playing the B minor chord can be sometimes an adventure. Even if I've practiced it and it's gone well, it could be an adventure. So I prayed last, time, last week, Lord, help me hit that B minor. And then I actually prayed, uh, there was a song that I was singing, Great is the Lord. And there's one point where I'm singing, Great is the Lord. And the great part is at the very top of, of my limited vocal range. And I prayed, Lord, help me to hit that note. I don't need to nail it, but I just want to hit it. I don't want to be like, great is the Lord, because I don't think that's good in leading worship. So, but it's, I was comforted by the fact that, in this case, um, uh, he um, took Bezalel and, and filled him with the Spirit, and he was able to um, craft many objects in a lot of different media. In Numbers 11.25, I'm skipping here, and that's what I'll be doing tonight. We'll be back to verse by verse the next time. Um, then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to him, that is Moses, and took of the spirit that was upon him, that was Moses, and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied, though they never did so again. So here we see the Holy Spirit came down for a one-time thing. That happened in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit didn't operate the same back then as it does now. In Numbers 24, 1 to 3, and this is Balaam, who was a prophet, not an Israelite, and he'd been hired by another nation to prophesy against Israel, and then God stepped in. Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as other times to seek to use sorcery, but he set his face towards the wilderness. And Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel encamped according to their tribes, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he took up his oracle and then said, The utterance of Balaam, son of Beor, the utterance of the man whose eyes are opened. The Holy Spirit opened his eyes, and he ended up speaking a prophecy that blessed Israel, did not curse it. Numbers 27:18. the Lord said, Take Joshua, son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. So here we have a man who had the Spirit on him all the time, Joshua. So sometimes people could have the Spirit on them as a one-time event. Sometimes um, it could be particular people like Moses or Joshua. And in Judges 3, 9 to 11, and this has to do with uh, Othniel, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them. Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. He went out to war and the Lord delivered Cushan Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand. Hey, I did a good job with that. And his hand prevailed over Cushan Rishathaim, so the land had rest for 40 years. Then Othniel, the son of Kenaz, died. So we see that the Lord helped Othniel at a particular time in his life, but not for his whole life, and that um, I may have pronounced that king's name wrong, but I felt good about it. How do we know if it's the Holy Spirit? And that's another question. It's an important question. And here I'm putting up a picture that says, it's a woman, she's, she's in the spirit, or she thinks she is. The voice is saying, wait for it. I think it's eat cake. Again, it's, it's funny, but it's not funny. 35 years ago-ish, there was a woman, about five years older than me, so I was in my very early 20s. She was in mid-20s. She was seeing a, very, a married man. And she spoke of it, and she said, I have a piece about it. 
what she meant was that I think the Holy Spirit thinks it's okay. Now, the Holy Spirit helped all the people who wrote the different books of the Bible breathe into them what inspired them so that they could write those books, including the bits about marriage. So at the time, the, our pastor at the time did explain to her that no, that wasn't the Holy Spirit, that was you. And here's why. And she understood. Another time, it involved me. Me, a few years later, I'm living with my father and my stepmother at the time, who was the mother of my sister, and living with my brother. And we're going to school, and we're working, and we're helping to take care of our sister who's in uh, grammar school. And both my father and my stepmother at the time uh, were alcoholics who drank every day. And there was craziness in my household, okay? Verbal abuse, a lot of things that weren't good. Sometimes we would shield Becky from some of those things. And I'm driving in my car because I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't really want to live there anymore. I don't want to live like that. And I'm praying and I'm praying and then I'm praying and something comes out like, but Lord, when the time is right, you'll open the doors and only then will I know it's time to leave and I really shouldn't worry about this anymore. Huh? What? Well, I thought about it and it certainly wasn't me that wanted that. And I decided that that was the Holy Spirit and that I wouldn't worry about it anymore. I would trust God. And, and it was actually probably another maybe year, maybe two. And at the time, God flung the doors open. It was my time to go into the next phase of my life, and I left. So yeah, I, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me then. And I think that we'll know that. Also, when I think about the Holy Spirit, I think about people I have seen in person and seen on TV who talk about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit spoke to them. And they say something that sounds like this. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He came down with such power. I could barely contain myself. And I would hear people talk like that, and I'd Sometimes I'd remark when I was younger, wow, wouldn't it be great if God really spoke to me like that? And then as I got older, I'd realize, you know, I don't know that that was God speaking to them. And if it was, I don't know if I'd really talk about it like that to other people, but that's just me. So, so how would really God speak to somebody? There, there are a lot of different ways, okay? I, but I want to pick one that I think is good it speaks to more of how God speaks to us most of the time today. Not that God couldn't come down in a very powerful way if he wanted to and he had the need to. I just don't think that that happens all that often. I think what happens is more what happens in 1 Kings 19, 11 to 13, where we've got the prophet Elijah on the run, okay? Because Queen Jezebel wants to kill him. Because there was a showdown with the prophets of Baal. And of course... Um, Thanks to God, um, Elijah won because Elijah's God won because his God was really God. And the prophets of Baal were then immediately and summarily executed. And Jezebel said, you're going to die too. So he ran. And here he is. And God's speaking to him and says, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great, and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. 
But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And so it was when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And that, I think, is how God speaks to us most of the time. Okay? Hold that thought. It's going to be important as we proceed. The stuff I'm talking about is not... It's mostly simple stuff, but most of what's in the Bible is simple stuff. And, and if I'm talking about it, you can be guaranteed it's simple stuff. I leave the deep water to Pastor Vinny, Pastor Joe, Pastor Paul, you know, uh, John. <laughs> but um, this is simple stuff. And now I'm going to go to Joel. And this is a familiar scripture, I think, for some of us. Joel 2, 27 to 29. God's Spirit poured out, and that's really the heading for the scripture. Uh, starting in, um, actually, I started in 28, so pardon me here, my reference was incorrect. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also on my men servants and on my maidservants I will pour out my Spirit in those days. And I've heard this spoken of many times. Um, last night, I, I, I felt like something was missing. And even though I had the scripture already there, I felt like something was missing. So I pulled out a book, and I was reading the book that I had. And, and it mentioned something that um, the Holy Spirit came out upon all these different people, sons and daughters, and old men and young men, but also on servants. So it wasn't just people who were free people, but it was also servants, slaves, everybody. The Holy Spirit came on everybody. The Holy Spirit came on everybody in the community. And that's what would happen um, in the book of Acts. In Acts 1, Jesus is speaking, and he said, speaking to his disciples in verse 7, and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And that certainly happened back then up through till today. And Pastor Joe referenced some people, Christians, who maintained their faith even as they were being beheaded. And now going to 1 Corinthians, where we're speaking about the Spirit of God and how it's different than the Spirit uh, than, than what's in the world. Um, the church in Corinth had spiritual gifts, really valued spiritual gifts, but they, they, they valued the flash, they valued the image, and, and they didn't really value um, the wisdom that came from God. Instead, they valued actually the, the worldly wisdom that came from Greek culture. And, and Paul spent uh, wrote them multiple letters about this, two of which are in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians 2, 11 to 13, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except for the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, 
but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And so we see that the Spirit directs us to the things of God. Now, we have a Bible, so often what he will do, at least he does this with me, and I think he does it with, uh, he does it with people in general, is he'll re- I, he helps me to reference Scripture in my mind when I need it. And sometimes I wonder to myself, how did I remember that? Well, I had help. I had help from the Holy Spirit. So if that happens to you, if something pops up in your mind, a scripture helping you to deal with a particular moment, that could be the Holy Spirit speaking to you there and then. Romans 8, 12 to 14. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So here we speak about being led by the Spirit. Well, how how does that happen? Well, stay with me. Galatians 5, 16 to 17. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, this is a scripture, Pastor Joe's in Galatians and he'll be covering it in in more detail within the chapter. But I wanted to point out that in a church where people came in and said, you have to keep a bunch of rules, Paul is, um, has written to walk in the spirit to not fulfill the lust of the flesh, not keep a bunch of rules to fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, um, but again, walking in the spirit and being led by the spirit, even now, even though the Holy Spirit has, I've been a Christian for a long time and the Holy Spirit's been in me, um, sometimes I have to remember that I'm speaking to a group that either are all Christians or you're mostly Christians and that the Holy Spirit resides in you as well. So you might have had some times in your life where the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and it's been kind of puzzling, and then you realize it's the Holy Spirit. Anybody had that? Anybody? Yeah? Okay, good. And also in Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who our Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit again. Now, you know downstairs we sing a song, um, The Fruit of the Spirit's Not a Coconut. And it's a funny song, and and we have verses that talk about uh, the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut, not a grapefruit, not a banana, not a tomato. But the chorus is, but the fruits are love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I've got a group of kids downstairs memorizing what the fruit of the Spirit are, and, and that's how actually I memorized it. And I, it's helpful because one way I know that I'm being guided by the Spirit is, is do I have fruit going on in my life at that moment? And that really helps me. It lets me know that it, it confirms to me that I'm on the right track. So, an invitation, hour by hour, day by day, an invitation to the Holy Spirit of God to participate in our lives. And that's what I think we need to do. I think 
um, that really helps. It's a very simple thing. But you know, Pastor Joe's mentioned, as have other people, that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. So I find that it's easy for me to not listen to the Holy Spirit for a variety of reasons. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that. So what keeps us from listening? Well, noise. What kind of noise? Audible noise. People, activity, computers, cell phones, tablets. Our own thoughts. My own thoughts, I don't need tablets, I don't need noise. I can create enough noise in my own thoughts, okay? I can, I can think about things that happened before and I can wonder, what if it happened this way? What if it happened that way? I can also think about the future and say, well, what if this happens? What would I do? And, and, and when I think about these things, I'm not thinking, gee, I will pray. I will go talk to Pastor Paul, you know, to, to help me if I really need guidance in this area. I don't do that. It's usually responding in some way in the flesh. That's what I do. So what I have to do is remember that God's the God of not only the reality that I've lived through, but at any other possible reality, God's the God of that too, okay? Because when I'm thinking like that, I am not paying attention to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter if the Holy Spirit wants to really guide me and redirect me. I'm not interested in being redirected, okay? Oops. Yes, what's worse than noise? Well, grieving the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 4, 29 to 31, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that you might impart grace to hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Listing the kind of things that can grieve the Holy Spirit, okay? It, it, it may not be in action, but it could be in word. And maybe not, it's not in word, but it could be in thought. I know, because I've done it. And when I do it, well, it's something I need to repent from and confess as sin. And, and when I do that, and I start to listen, I say, okay, you know, Lord, I want to listen to you again. And then I find that when I do that, when I'm intentional about that, I find myself more and more being guided. You see, I've been road testing this. What I'm talking about, I've been road testing it and saying, okay, if I do this stuff, does it really make my life different? Because I don't want to waste people's time because I really don't have this magic bullet to give you. And it seems like that's your magic bullet. You know, but, but no, it, it, it is. Day by day, hour by hour. Remember, vine branches following Jesus, parallel with that and connected to it, is walking in the spirit, waking up in the morning, being mindful, praying, um, reading the word. Not reading it to say, well, I'm going to read the word every day, and if I don't, well, I broke a rule and feel bad because I didn't read the word that day. But maybe I'd feel bad because I miss reading God's word. I really would have liked to have done it. So I'll make sure I do it tomorrow. Um, and, and if I need to step aside and pray or, or just seek God in the middle of my day, I, I should do that. Now, in my job, um, I, I help lots of um, customers get large quantities of glue, which they use to make things. And if the glue isn't going to get there when it's supposed to, there can be stress and tension, okay? 
And, and what I need to do is to sometimes step aside and say, God, help me through this. So not only do I, the customers get their glue, but I, I am, I'm speaking to people in a way that honors you, in a way that would please you. Because sometimes my first reaction to something isn't the best reaction. And I need to stop and ask, say, you know, I want to be guided by you. How do I do it? I find that when I do it, a scripture pops up in my head. Or I, something just prompts me to, to, to handle something a little differently. It's maybe something, an option that I already had considered, but maybe I'll do that. And, and I find that it helps. I'm not saying that that's going to make cause success in all situations, but what I will say is that um, in those situations, at least, I'm still following Jesus. Okay? I'm still, people who know me as a Christian see me representing my faith. Not because I'm trying to represent my faith, but because I'm following Jesus, because I'm walking in the Spirit, it, it, it just is something that happens naturally. It happens organically. And that's what I want for me, and that's what I want for everybody who's in my church. So walking in the Spirit. Be mindful of what, uh, be mindful of what goes along with walking in the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Um, in harmony with God's word. So if, if the Spirit guides us in a particular area, it's not going to contradict God's word. I feel like that's an obvious thing, but it may not be an obvious thing. And there may be somebody who walks in these doors who may need to be pulled aside and, and shown that. Okay, Because uh, I just I think most of us understand it, but I don't think all of us do. Allowing and inviting him to participate in our lives and, and over and over again. Okay, I, I really, because it's not that God goes anywhere. He's omnipresent. He's always there. But, but mentally, I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. And sometimes I need to come back and say, you know, God, help me with my morning here. Or help me with this home situation that's come up. And help me to speak to my wife in a way that's gentle, because I don't feel gentle right now. But you can help me. Help me to realize that this, what appears to be a disaster, is a, just a temporary thing. And it's really not that important in the grand scheme of things. Help me to see it the way you would want me to see it. Help me to see it the way that you see it. Because sometimes I attach too much importance to very temporal things. To the guy, really, I'm driving tonight, and a guy comes um, on the right-hand lane, you know, where you're supposed to take a turn, and he cuts in front several cars up. And I'm like, oh! And then I realize, oh, wait a minute. Why am I stressing over that? Why am I worrying about that? You know, actually, God got me through that light, too. Cause, so so what, what am I complaining about? It's not that big of a deal. Take a deep breath and continue on. Okay, I... I what I want is these little moments in my life that God helped me to handle them differently. And I find that abiding, you know, with, with him, uh, being mindful of his word, taking stock of where I am during the day, confessing sin if I need to, I find that it's helpful. Listening for the spirit. 
and being mindful of noise, really, part of that is that if I know that I'm in a noisy situation, I might need to focus, okay? I, I can't always get away from the noise. Sometimes um, the noise is there. It's part of my day. And, and that doesn't mean that I get up and walk away because sometimes I need to be right where the noise is, but I can be focusing, okay? And not grieving the spirit, okay? Not letting my thoughts and my words run away. And if they do, you know, we have forgiveness. We have unlimited forgiveness. And um, to take advantage of that quickly and to set myself back on track because it's day by day and hour by hour. Uh, recognizing and confessing sin. It, that sounds like a simple thing, but is it possible to go, you know, to, to go hours, days without confessing sin? Sure. And uh, just it's not good if you want a day-to-day walk in the spirit. And that's what I had. Reached the end. And I didn't need these after all. And we have power. So um, these are simple things. Just every day abiding in him, seeking him every day, seeking him at different times of the day. Um, and um, see what happens. See if anything changes. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening and may God bless you.